science and making us sung. Rob a cushion, tap they did drum. I ain't DOC, but that's the formula. Cartier's cut to cover the cornea. Pineapple, cush, that's aroma. Her with vegetables like cornucopia. With fruit like the garden eating. The eyes are eating. Especially when your boy is speaking. When I'm thinking, I ain't inking. But somehow, some way the words sinking. That's fruit for thought. I spit fire when the thoughts spark. Ghost writer for high if you need support. I got lies so dope, you don't need to snort. Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your three hosts, Chris Leopold. With me, as always, are my partners in crime, my brothers from another mother, Markilio Atkins and Richie DaBears Dunnell. I know, he loves it, folks. He loves it when I say that about him, so I'm just going to keep saying it. Before we jump into anything here, fellas, though, I want to remind everybody that we are giving away. We have the first ever ES3N giveaway going on right now on Instagram. All, we're giving away a 1975 Robbing Out rookie card. All you have to do is go to our Instagram account, which is the ES3N. That's T-H-E-E-S-3, the number three. And follow us there. Go ahead and take five people in our giveaway post. You can't miss it. It's bright purple, neon green. You got Rob and Yout all over it. Take five people in that post, and you could earn yourself a free, no purchase necessary, Rob and Yout 1975 Tops rookie card. Details of the post, I'm not going to spend any more time on it, fellas, even though I'm super excited about it. I want to talk football, football, football. I mean, did, did, did I mention football? Richie, start me off. Where do you want to start this week, man? What's numero uno on your list? Yeah, well, you might as well start with the Thursday night game, the COVID game, the game we didn't know up until kickoff if this game was actually going to happen. Green Bay went in essentially with no running backs. Uh, We ended up finding out super late that Aaron Jones was going to play, and the 49ers ended up playing with virtually none of their starting receivers. Um. But this was a game that ended up happening. I know both of you guys are uh, 49ers and Packers fans, so I know you guys were definitely tuned in. Is it what you expected? Did you expect Green Bay to double them up, or is it just the fact of Green Bay is just the better team right now, and this is what we thought was going to happen? Pretty much the latter of the two. I mean, we expected, uh, I expected, I don't know how much weight this win actually holds. I expected Green Bay to win. Um, of course, with uh, with San Francisco being COVID riddled and, and not having any offensive weapons on on the field, we better win that game. Um, what, what scared me was the fact that they scored 17 points. And it still, you know, still shows some of the holes in our defense. Um, I definitely don't feel better about that, but it, it was good just to get so, a W. So, so Markilla, let me ask you this. I, I actually have this written down, um, similar to kind of what you were alluding to. You know, I, I looked at the stat sheets, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Richie, Richie James had a big game, but he got he got some late touchdowns and some some garbage numbers. Uh, but but So let me ask you this, and, and Chris... Uh, if you could lead in with this as your main point. I mean, the defense played a good game, but how much stock do you really put into what you saw on Thursday? Well, and that and that's an excellent point, is when you say how much stock do you put into it, I, I'm going to jump right in and say, right, the 49ers that we played 
are not the 49ers we played last year. All right? I, As a Packers fan, I was thrilled to see us lay it on them the way they laid it on us not once but twice last year. And, Al, you're, Mark Hill, you're absolutely right, man, with when you're talking about, oh, well, and they put up, they still put up 17 points. Those were two touchdowns in garbage time um, that made it, the, the score seemed closer than it was the same way that both times Green Bay pay, played the 49ers last year. That score made it look closer than the game was. And Aaron Rodgers, 305 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he did it all in the air. No Jimmy G. Uh, Mellons did 291. He had the touchdown. He had the interception. And really, right, I mean, who was there to run it for him? Who was there to receive it for him? I mean, James had 184 yards for San Francisco. You talk about glaring weaknesses at a team that I did. I, I expected us to win. I didn't expect us to roll over them the way they did, certainly. I mean, when you saw the COVID reports, the injury reports, you knew it wasn't going to be the same team uh, that even you saw on paper at the beginning of the year. But, my God, it was, it just seemed like we could do no wrong. Uh, well, well, let me ask you guys this, because, Chris, you brought it up uh, uh, for both of you. If, if you're Kyle Shanahan, does Jimmy Garoppolo ever get this starting job back? Of course. Uh. Of course? You, you, you're not going to roll with Nick Mullins, despite the fact that he came in last week at halftime and lit it up compared to Garoppolo, not to mention he ended up he 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 played better against Green Bay than Garoppolo's probably played all year. I look at the 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 amount of games that's been played, yeah. I mean, I I guess within those uh, those games, those two or three games, but when you look at Garoppolo and you look at um, you know, the body of work and I think the comfort level um, that he was even developing with like Ayuk and um, things of that nature. I, I just feel more comfortable with Garoppolo. Um, but as far as Green Bay, when I when I spoke as far as defense, one of my concerns is that cornerback position that Josh Jackson is is covering for for King. Um, I saw, I mean, man, so many holding <laughs> penalties and, and just bad coverage. Um, I know we're going into the offseason where we're looking at, you know, trying to re- – uh, hopefully we're trying to re-sign Kevin King. If there was any question if Josh Jackson was going to be a dude that was going to be able to take over and, and you know, excel at that position, I think all those answers all, – all those questions have been answered. Um, it was good to see Preston Smith um, show up and, you know, but I, 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 just, I feel like we, we, should, we should be better. We should be better defensively. Absolutely, and that's why we're going to keep seeing some of these back-and-forth games where it's like, oh, we blow you out of the water, then we get, then we, we don't do so well. Then we blow you out of the water, then we don't do so well the next game. And really, it's it's more about what those defenses are doing. And I think when we look at how beat up the 49ers defense is, we can see where we kind of came out, of, where we got the upper hand here and where we came out ahead. But... Enough of the Green Bay Niners okay, Before game we one. get past that, we can't talk about Green Bay and not mention Devontae Adams, though. And I'll just leave it at that, and then we can segue. <laughs> Devontae Adams, for having spent a little time on the injured 
list here, you know, I mean, being out a couple of games, has put up some really impressive numbers for the year. Absolutely. The Aaron Jones, the the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams show is a show worth catching. It's it's what people tuned in for on Thursday, and they got both eyes full. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I hope that our defense picks it up because our offense is certainly keeping us in games. Speaking Speaking of offenses that are keeping us in games and questionable defenses, the Falcons, Richie. I know that you are eager to talk Falcons, man. Falcons have won how many now? They're what? They're three and one in their last four. And, and since firing uh, their I'm, manager GM, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I'm I'm not saying that this is going to be uh, a playoff team by any means. But when I heard that, uh, that that's as much as we have dogged the Falcons and as many big leads as they've given up this year by itself, uh, it just it, it caught me off guard to hear that they're three and one in their last four. We talk about the struggles of Julio not being able to in the end zone, not being able to hold on to these leads. They were up 34 to 13 and they still almost lost it. But it, it just it it shocked me because this will we'll come back to this in a little bit, but who's to say Atlanta can't catch Tampa Bay after the way they looked, you know, uh, getting beat down by the Saints? But it just it caught me off guard. Um, I, I wasn't expecting to hear that from Atlanta, and may, maybe they're turning the corner. Who I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess it's really hard. Drew, you know, Drew Locke, three hundred thirteen yards, two touchdowns. He did have the pick. Matt Ryan, who, man, I just, you know, you guys know my feelings on Matt Ryan. I just, Matt Ryan hits that Jimmy G conversation with me. He's he's a more than serviceable quarterback, but I don't, he's as liable to cost you the game as he is to win you the he's, game. Hey, I'm just going to let you know when you compare the two, uh, not in the same conversation as Matt Ryan is the leader in passing yards this season. I, You know what? Great. How many wins does this team have? They're three and six. Okay, that's great. I, I'm I'm very happy. It's still for him. a big difference. May, maybe to he could maybe he could win a game instead. Maybe few less yards, few more touchdowns, and you know a W. But whatever, dude. All right, dude. You know what? You pick back Ryan. I'll I'll take Aaron Rodgers, and we'll see who who's, who's there no, at the end. You of said the Gar- You said Garoppolo. Listen, man. You at this point, Rogers, the Niners have a Garoppolo. better chance than the Falcons getting there. But right, Todd Gurley. Had an all right game again today. Now, who now who was the, the leading receiver for Atlanta? I can't even get this guy's name right. Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, is that it? 103 yards and a touchdown. I don't, I'm sorry, guys, but it, it, enlighten me, Richie, because you're the Dirty Bird fan here. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was a wide receiver out of Virginia, uh, more of an athlete slasher guy, so to speak. Virginia used him very similar to, if you remember, how the Chiefs kind of brought Tyreek Hill into the league uh, where he was taking handoffs out of the backfield, catching swings, catching screens, and, and then also lining up some in the slot until he became Tyreek Hill. That's kind of who this guy is. Uh, he'll never be Tyreek Hill, but he he's a he's a weapon that, you know, when Julio Jones is getting blanketed, when Riley Ridley isn't able to play, uh, or Calvin Ridley, I'm sorry, when Calvin Ridley isn't able to play, you know, this is a guy that they, that they can go to. Uh, he's a slot weapon. The problem is, is he's been super inconsistent. He's dropped a lot of passes. Uh, but if, if they can get him as a third weapon, I, I mean, you're looking at 
what this team was when they went to the Super Bowl, when they had a running game and they had three legitimate threats to throw the ball to. I'm not saying that they're at that point by any means, uh, but that's what we come to expect out of the Falcons is those three receiving weapons and a running game. Yeah, and just to kind of extend, just to just to kind of expand on that. I mean, what, what you say, Richie? I, I agree with man. It, it was a it was last year when they started off horrible and they kind of ended up. Was it was it? Um, they they got a little bit hotter towards the season at the end. Yeah, I mean, this the same thing is applicable here. And I mean, you got you got people like Hayden Hurst that's getting hot from that tight end position, so you, you exceed beyond just those. Those wide receivers. I mean, you got Gates that can get hot any night. Maddie, I mean, like it or not, uh, Matt Ryan, he, man, you talked about not putting up TDs. He had three. He had 284 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's a good game. 25 for, for 35. That's that's all you can really ask for him. Um, I think that the, the big thing that happened in this game is just kind of the absence of how do you really incorporate uh, a running um, to, to get some running over in Denver because it's spread out between Lindsey and, and Gordon, and no one can really get hot and you know kind of utilize that aspect of, of of those two headed monsters over there. Um, so they're gonna have no to work joke. On that. I was looking at those numbers and going, you know, right, Melvin Gordon seems to just kind of disappeared on the Denver Broncos there. Now, we, I, I touched on this before, fellas, and I, I, we stopped the conversation because we started to get into it. I'm going to say it again, just like I said it before. I want to talk about the upset here. The Bills take out the Seahawks 44-34, and I mean the Bills laid it on the Seahawks. I couldn't believe it. You guys are acting like, was that really an upset? I mean, tell what explain it to me, fellas? Explain to me how yeah, you don't yeah, see I mean, this. I mean, I mean the, the Bills th- are the Bills are a good team, but they were they better than Seattle good, or were they were they whooping Seattle good? Well, well here's the here's the thing, and and this is you know Markelia and I kind of <laughs> talked about it um, for for last week's game when you know Chris, you had asked us about fantasy wise whether you should have played Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. I believe that was a week or two ago, and Markelia and I were talking about. Russell Wilson and his ability to create and do what he does. And don't get me wrong, Russ, Russ being Russ, or what? What's the phrase he's trying to to, uh, oh, to I trademark? For, I forgot. Russ, I don't, Russ I'm cooking, not... cooking Russ or whatever. Right, it's cooking called. with Russ or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Look, he he's he's very much an, an MVP player, and and I'm not taking that away from him. But when you say an upset, to me, an upset is. Detroit going into Green Bay and beating Green Bay by <laughs> 10. That That's an upset. Man, Buffalo, this score, I mean, Buffalo they picked a, Russell Wilson uh, twice, look, man. But, but hold on. Sacked him. But, just, but that's the thing, though. In our pre-show, before the season ever started, we all sat here and said, Buffalo can win this division because regardless of how good their offense is, their defense can carry this team. The three of us all said it. And yes, they picked him twice, but when you have the guys on the edge and you can pin their ears back and you have the garbage offensive line that Seattle does, eventually Russ being Russ just ain't good enough, right? Eventually that's going to happen. But not only did they get two picks, Russ lost two fumbles and they sacked him five times. It's hard to win a game 
when your quarterback has four turnovers and he's laying on his back. I, I mean, that that ended up being the difference. And Josh Allen, again, 415 yards, three touchdowns with one rushing. I mean, this dude has solidified himself as an elite-level quarterback. Marquilio? I think you guys kind of nailed everything. Um, Josh Allen was the difference where uh, Russell Wilson couldn't, uh, you know, capitalize. That's where Josh Allen did capitalize. Um, he got me like 36 points in fantasy football, so I was very happy this week. Got me a W in fantasy football this week. I can oh, finally, man. say something affirmative about <laughs> fantasy football, man. I've been in fantasy football depression. I thought you were I thought you were teaming up with the Jets and the whole changing for Trevor hashtag. He thought you were playing for the number one pick next year. Listeners, for those of you who, have been, who, who listen to us each week, of course we have the ES3N Fantasy Football League, and Richie loves this moment every week where once again we have to inform you, our avid listeners, that Richie is undefeated, now 9-0, and and in first place in the ES3N Fantasy League. We've all decided that because he right that he's cheating. <laughs> yeah. um, there, he always seems to be first in the waiver wire. He's the commissioner. The point system seems shady. Um, all sorts of things. Whatever more excuses I can come up with, we'll take a total uh, Trump administration post to this. Um, you know, it's fake news. But I'm in second place with an oddest win total of going five and four. And Marquilio, who was in the bottom half of the league, came up to this week and put up some points and has moved into a remarkable fourth. At the beginning of the season, we were one, two, and three. I started getting slapped around, but really, guys, we had some good weeks. I had, you know, we talk about two players in a game that I have on both my teams. I had both Judy uh, and DK Metcalf. Uh, so both of those guys had monster days. Jones, not the day I was looking for. Um, but, you know, I had Dallas in this one. Well, well since we're talking about fantasy, I, I, I say we just jump right into the next game. Markelio, you were able to get Christian McCaffrey back this week. Oh, my yes. God, man. And what a difference <laughs> a week makes there, eh? And what a difference a day makes because we don't know if he's going to even play this week. He's possibly, right. you know, day to day. So to get 30 something points from him this week and to go into next week knowing that I won't possibly, it's a possibility I won't have him in a lineup is, man, this roller coaster ride that I, I don't want to be on any longer. I damn near want to just throw in this year. <laughs> well, and I, was, I, got him in, I got him in another league here. I had, he put up monster points. Did he get injured in the back half of that that I missed? Did they pull yeah, him in the he, back well, half? He, he took a stinger. He's got a shoulder stinger. They're, I mean, they're oh, not listen, overly man, worried they, about it. Yeah, they're just it's his White first day back in pads. Time, the Incredible yes. Hulk, man, he's going to shake yes. that stuff up. The, his first Eat day back in pads getting hit. Um, but, but McKinley, you talk about the roller coaster of dealing with having Christian McCaffrey, but this game was very much a, a roller coaster. Carolina had him on the ropes uh, the entire game. McCaffrey, two tutties. But but at the end of the day, that Chiefs offense, man, it, it, it just they hit stride at the right time at that game. 
and went absolutely wild. Yeah, this is the type of game to where you exasperate all the effort and you pull out all the stops, you do all the trick plays, you you go for all the onside kicks and, you know, go for all the fourth downs, and um, you can be successful at a 75% rate and still lose. Um, you can have you can have Bridgewater play an amazing game, you know, um, have great numbers out of Christian McCaffrey, but when you're going against the NFL champions, you need a little bit more, <laughs> I guess. Oh, Patrick, no, no, no doubt. You know, and, and right, when you've got Patrick Mahomes, right, you talk about one guy who can change everything on a football field, and we talk about guys who one guy who changes everything on a football field, another Huge week out of Dalvin Cook as Minnesota just rolls right into stuff. I mentioned that because, Richie, Dalvin Cook is a huge part of your surging midseason success here. But they put it on the I mean, the Lions, right? The Lions looked off for Minnesota showing why Richie and I picked them. We thought originally they might took, take the division earlier on in the season. And as a bunch of Packers, and as a Packers fan, that was not an easy choice, not an easy thing for me to say. I mean, the biggest question mark here is which Kirk Cousins you're going to get each week. And really, that's going to be what happens. And you know what? I felt like that Lions game, uh, Matthew Stafford's kind of with a much better arm and a much better success rate. I kind of consider like Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins to kind of be in that same group. They're going to win you some games. They're going to lose you some games. I mean, Stafford threw two picks this game. You know, right? That's the same thing. It's Cousins, look at the numbers. You know, it's like, oh, Matt Stafford, 211 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions. And Kirk Cousins, 13 for 20, 220 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, my God, uh, the Vikings win the game. You know, I mean, it, it, it's like, is there other any other news than that? Is that <laughs> yes? The the news. I mean, I mean here, but here's the thing: is is we you know we we pick on Kirk Cousins, which is which is absolutely deserved. He he, and and which is why I'm so glad, and, and we'll get to it eventually. Which is why I'm so glad that this Bears Vikings game is on Monday night because dude has like one career win in primetime football. So I am ecstatic that this game is in primetime because man, does Chicago need to get off the pine a little bit. But 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 to what you're talking about, I mean Chris, you're right. This this Minnesota is what scared me. When they can play good defense, when they can create turnovers and again, you know, we talked about it. The difference in Minnesota season right now was those three weeks that they lost Dalvin Cook. I mean, that is how important he is to this team because we all know Kirk Cousins ain't going to win you a football game. You can't go in the helmet and say, Kirk, go win me this football game. No, you're going to say, hey, turn around, give the ball to Dalvin Cook and let him win me a football game. Uh, but but that's what's scary about Minnesota. And and I, I think Minnesota, if, I, if I'm correct, I'd have to look at the schedule, but I think they have... Us, meaning Chicago, and then you guys, I think, right after. Uh, meaning Green Bay, the next next weekend. Yeah, I know, uh, I know it's, it's coming, coming up pretty soon, soon but, but I mean, it just, just this is what scares me. Is, is, is Dalvin Cook being able to run the football? And as a Packer fan, I feel like you guys got to feel the same way. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, Dalvin Cook is the scariest homo superior sapien out there with pigskin in his hand when he's on the field, man. I mean... This dude is a human joystick. <laughs> he can't bring it down. Whatever, man. The Vikings are perennial losers. 
I don't care what <laughs> happens. They come for Green Bay, and we're going to show them why we're why we're the most dangerous team in the North, my friend. Any and given Sunday. And when we, everybody, man, listen. And when we talk about any given Sunday, man, the Giants, the New York Giants, won a football game. That's about as interesting as that story gets. Yeah. The Giants, well, well, yeah, I mean, the, they the beat only, Washington. Here, look, seriously, <laughs> look. Uh, in, in all seriousness, I had one point written down for that game, and it wasn't even that the Giants won. Alex Smith is going to be the starter for the Washington Football Team going forward. I mean, just the fact that. What two years ago this guy thought he was losing his leg, and now uh, he's a starter again in the NFL. Just remarkable comeback story for him. Got all right. Well, when we talk about other games, right? I mean, we could get we we could gloss right over a number of these here. But all right, let's talk about this. Let's see if any of these hit your upset button. Cowboys Steelers. Right now, the Steelers is not an upset, but that game was a hell of a lot closer than I thought it was going to be, right? Anybody, I mean, the, the the Cowboys were in this game. The Steelers, instead of Mike Tomlinson claiming, now being able to claim, I mean, what is it now? He's the wittiest, um, he's had more, was it 15 winning seasons? 14, 14. 14 winning seasons. Passes Tony Dungy as the winningest African-American head coach of all time. And somehow, man, you're all right. You, I mean, we just kind of – and the Steelers have always kind of quietly gone about their business. It seems like every year no one's really talking about the Steelers until we're a couple games out from the playoffs. Yeah, interesting. But this week – right. I mean, and, L, you watch this game, man. I mean, this is just another case of the Cowboys being the Cowboys or are kinks in the armor starting to show for the Steelers? Well, actually, man, this is this is so interesting on so many facets because you got, of course, Garrett uh, Gilbert coming in. And, and, and actually almost winning the game, you know, here. It was going into the fourth quarter. I, I was like, is this possible? Is this going to happen? I think this might happen. But then, you know, reality kind of kicked in, and um, the Pittsburgh Steelers show that they were the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Dallas Cowboys show that they were the Dallas Cowboys. Right. It was like Big Ben took that hit in the second half, or right before the second half, and decided to remember how to play football, and, then they, and I loved it because the uh, the announcing crew, who I don't plug anybody for free, except for people I actually know, um, was just like, you know, Ben does better when he's been slapped around a little bit. And I'm going, you know, that I believe that. I don't have any trouble believing. I believe that. it was Tony Romo. Tony Romo, man. Hey, you I know believe what, it was Tony Romo he's that from made Wisconsin, the comment. So I'm going to give him a pass. Whatever All happened right. was good, man, because he spread the ball around. He got everyone involved, Johnson, Schuster, uh, Claypool. Uh, Claypool right, he was catches. dropping over the shoulder yeah. stuff. He was, they're talking to me. He may be bringing back the boot. He did pretty well in the boot, if I remember correctly. But let's talk Dolphins-Cardinals, man. Can you believe that the Dolphins, because the Cardinals were one of the hottest offenses going into this game. I want to say like a couple of different Leagues went, hey, you know what? The Cardinals are the are, are the hottest offense in the league right now. And, I mean, the Dolphins have had a tremendous year. They certainly have a lot more talent than I thought they originally did. Uh, Tua is now, is this game two or three for them? Two. two. All right, so game two for Tua. And he takes it to 34-31, man. Going the distance. L, keys to the game, 
I was really excited about this, man, because it, this is like the future of football to see these two young guns out there and having success on all levels. It's like you see uh, you see two out there and he do get put the joystick move on and, and get an extra 20 yards. Then you see, you know, you see Kyler Murray out there breaking out of the pocket, throwing the ball down to, to Kurt. So it's just it's the future of football, man. It was so exciting to the point to where you almost didn't want anyone to lose. Wanted that game to continue to go on and on. But I'm just amazed uh, to see some of the success that some of these young quarterbacks is having. Um, just to get, just to have that confidence to throw two in there um, when Ryan was balling out, and um, and to see the success that he's having right now, I'm really excited about the future of the league. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at the game, obviously the headliner is Tua versus Kyler. Uh, as the two young guns, Tua, 248, two tutties. Murray, 283, three tutties. 106 on the ground with another tutty. Um, you know, but but as we talk about these teams, you know, it, it's it, these teams are primarily built on on their offense. Now, you know, with Tua kind of taking over, they've breaking out in a big way offensively. Um, you know, since he's taken over, he's two and zero as a starter. Um, but as you look at Arizona, I mean, Christian Kirk has broken out here the last couple weeks opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. That will be huge for the success of the Cardinals, especially being in a division where you have to see Seattle, San Francisco, and uh, the Rams twice a year. But even still, I mean, I, I think this game is is bigger for the Dolphins, and and I say that because. The, the Cardinals were kind of everybody's sleeper pick to begin with. Everybody was kind of like, ah, oh, this is the year for the Cardinals. And look, they've had a great year, and there's a chance that they're going to make the playoffs, right? But Tua took the Dolphins down the field. They were losing, and he took them down the field to win this game, and the confidence that that's going to give him as a second his second game in, in of his career uh as a team they're gonna buy in even more and this is this is a great stepping stone I, I, for the future of the dolphins no joe we'd be having that conversation i did right. remember i talked about them at the beginning I, 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 i'm gonna like, give you your props man you, guys you, you like, called oh, it miami i'm like oh man miami could be good man people are picking them to possibly make it to the playoffs but you know we got to see they're young well, and, and so before we get, yeah, before we get to the Sunday night game, you know, you guys are talking about two young quarterbacks that are, that are breaking out in big way. Uh, I came across an article yesterday that made me the happiest man on the face of the earth in the fact that ownership is now on the verge of considering firing Nagy and Pace. The football <laughs> gods are listening. They are starting to consider my prayers. And yet again, Chicago. Is that Mike defense, Ditka still available? Because no, last time I checked, the Bears great, like making dude. the same mistake over to, to me, and over. What I don't understand is they seriously could call Devin Hester right now, and we would find ways to score more points on special teams than the. True enough, team. but right, you I guys mean, will right, interview the three thing. least qualified people in the league for that position. So I well, wouldn't get too excited to they hire no, a competent but, but, replacement. Can't manufacture no, 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 I, points. I, right. Well, I mean, we're 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 still paying off. I, I think this is 
This is kind of karma for how they treated Lovey Smith. I was very upset when they did fire Lovey. 11 and 5, they got rid of him after a great year. Um, it, it is what it is. There's nothing, you know, we, you can't go back and do about it. But when you can't it beat is, the Packers, it, it, it is. You're not going to be around but, okay, long. But, but regardless, regardless of that, We'll find out on think. We'll find out things. The thing week. is, you got to. I mean, that's what you're missing here. But, I mean, but, you're a Bears fan, man. How do you not understand the depths of this rivalry? You can't understand that the no, Bears no, ownership the will export I, I, you out of the state if you can't beat the Packers. Yeah, I, I understand you know what? That. Eleven and five. Did he beat the Packers? They got to score some points, man. They got to manufacture some points. No, no I'm pretty sure if you want to Google the numbers on. Love against the Packers. He's the one who let the great divide. All right, because at one point as a franchise, the Bears were quite a ways ahead of us. In my lifetime, the Packers have caught up and eliminated that number. You know, the sad thing about Chicago is like Chicago can even have um, points where they, they, they can drive the ball up and down the field, but they just can't capitalize. You know, they can't. Well, they're, they're the, uh, their defense is what's keeping them in this conversation, as we say it every, every we, week. And, and, well, every so, week. So that's what I was and, and, say. and it's, you we, know what? And your offense is so sad, so neurotic, man, that it can't, dude, it can't get the job done. And you guys are unworthy of a top three defense. You know what? Trade a couple of the players. Just trade us to Allen Robinson. Trade us Allen Robinson. We'll take them right. off you guys. And I'm about to we say, because our, our offense is clicking fine. We'll take a couple of defensive guys, a couple of offensive guys, lock up this division for a couple more years. Now, we're talking division lockups. We looked at the Bucks on paper this year and the number of their ads, right? We're talking Antonio Brown, we're talking Tom Brady, we're Gronk, and the list goes on and on. And yesterday, they just came out and, I mean, crap the bad guys. Three points. Three points. The Saints were up by 28 points in the half. They could have sent the Saints cheerleaders out for the second half of this game. Tom Brady looked lost again. Why... What is the issue here with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers where one week he looks like a genius and the next week he looks like an old man who couldn't throw his way out of a wet paper bag? Well, one big thing is their offensive line was getting dominated. Um, I mean, it was it was nothing that, that they could do. Um, with <laughs> It seemed like... It seemed like uh, Brady was running for his life or he was pressured and couldn't really get comfortable, still kind of throwing off the back foot. And you can kind of see still at certain games where he's not really totally comfortable with his wide receivers and even their routes, even with just like Chris Godwin coming back and and the, 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 the mixing of Antonio Brown in there. You know, you got some good players, but week to week, it can you, you never know what you're going to get. It can be a box of chocolates because uh, it's going to take some time for that cohesion to, to, to come together. So when you when you just the same thing that happened to Packers, the, the Tampa Bay killed our, you know, we got killed at the um, offensive line and got that pressure on there. When you got an effective D line doing their job. That's what that's what happens. <laughs> 30. No, no, Joe. No, Joe. I want to make sure we catch up the last game here before we take some shots at some midseason awards here. Uh, the Patriots-Jets games. We had that game was so close, right? Uh, 
I mean, 27-30, I'm still not quite sure how the Patriots pulled it off in the end. Joe Flacco leading the Jets, almost got it done. I mean, they looked like a whole different Jets team with Joe at the helm. Not that I'm a huge, you know, I, I believe my text heard you guys kind of during the game said it all as, you know, Joe Flacco look, look, tried to look like Flacco from the replacements there coming in off the bench and getting it done. But, I mean, Cam looked like he was praying to God at some point near the end of those games going, do not let me lose to the 0-8 Jets. Do not let me lose to the 0-8 Jets. And I got to say, I could, I was sat there going, oh my God, he's going to lose to the, oh, they're going, the Patriots are going to lose to the 0-8 Jets. So does the win say more about New England coming together as a team? Or about the Jets falling apart? Is it still, are we believing that it's the story of, hey, the Jets are on a race to the bottom still? Or is it, you know, the Patriots, or is the story really here that the Patriots are not as good as they were the last couple of years, whether it's Tom Brady or the number of losses they had? Or is it a combination of both? Richie, what am I yeah, missing? So, 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 I mean, it, it, it's, it's a combination of a couple things. Um, one of my really good friends from college, he's a diehard Boston fan. So he's a, he's a Pats fan, and we were texting uh, the entirety of this game. And basically the way I watched the game is the Jets were playing as if they had nothing to lose, and the Patriots were playing as if they had nothing to play for. And so that is the worst combination that you could ever ask for uh, when it comes to a football game. Now, he also made the comment he's been he's been clamoring for Cam Newton to be benched for something different for someone else just to see to get something started because Cam has been very bad since returning from COVID and you know you, you put out there the best who gives you the best chance and, and he flat out asked me would you rather have Foles or Cam and even before the game I told him I would take Cam in a heartbeat because of what Cam gives you in terms of dynamic with being able to run the ball. And at the end of the game, that's what ultimately got them that touchdown to tie the game, was Cam was able to get his second rushing touchdown of the game. Um, but Cam was proficient throwing the ball. Um, the, the Patriots receivers couldn't seem to get open, so Cam threw them open. Uh, but, but, I mean... The, the Patriots are in a bad spot because they have a lot of people in limbo. They A lot of guys opted out due to COVID. Cam got COVID. So, I mean, when you talk about, we talk about Tampa and Brady looking good every other week. Some of these teams, it's, it's, it's just, there's going to be inconsistency because there's no continuity. You know, they talked about it during the Bears-Titans game. The Bears shut down their facility midweek. So, so there's, they don't practice for a whole week show up to play a game on Sunday. That's kind of what you're dealing with around the league, players in, out. So, I mean, right now, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing the 0-8 Jets. Every game, you're going to have more close games in the NFL because everybody deserves to be there. They are there for a reason. You're going to have more close games than you are blowouts, regardless of who you are. Unless you're a 2008 Patriots who have Randy Moss and Tom Brady doing stupid things. It just, it, it's, it's football. Anybody could get got on any given day. 
I don't think this tells us a whole lot about either team. Yeah, well said. Well said. I couldn't say it better myself. With that, folks, and let's go ahead and hit it and quit it with this sucker, gentlemen. Let's hit the midseason awards at this point. MVP. Yeah, so I came down to two names, uh, and it ultimately ended up coming down to one being on a winner and one being on a loser as to who I would vote for. Uh, my my runner-up would have been Dalvin Cook, being that Minnesota does not have a great record. And so, for therefore, my midseason MVP goes to Pat Mahomes. See, that's funny. I uh, I narrowed mine down to three. Um, all of them, I guess, considered to be on winners. Uh, I had trouble saying no to Aaron Rodgers is the legitimate Packers fan to me. Thinks he's having a great resurgent year. Uh, certainly making Jordan Love look like an excellent first-round draft pick for us because it lit the fire under his butt. Uh, can't deny what Russell Wilson has been doing. But Alvin Kamara was pretty much, you know, he's holding the Saints up on his own for quite a while there. I mean, even with Michael Thomas back, it's been the Camara show there in uh, New Orleans. That's my pick for MVP at the midway point. We'll see if it ends that way. I doubt it, but right now I'd, I'd have to give it to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning into some of the same directions as you guys are. Um, I'm between three people, um, A-Rod, um, Dalvin Cook, and I would say I would say Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson was kind of the perennial, you know, leader in that in that race a, a couple weeks ago. He he didn't necessarily have the best weeks, but he's still, as far as when you match the numbers up to everyone else, uh, is still definitely in the top. And I say Aaron Rod. I, I guess if I had to pick one, I, I would really say Aaron Rodgers right now, just because of like the quarterback rating. Um, the the place in which um, the, the Packers is right now, no one would have thought that we would have been six and two um, right now in, in the position that we've been that we are. Um, and Aaron's been playing lights out. So right now, MVP Aaron Rodgers. All right, offensive player of the year, Richie. I'm going to lead this one off. I went. Uh, you're going to see some familiar names here. I actually had Kamara again, Dalvin Cook, and Devontae Adams, and. You know, I'm going to put Kamara off to the side because he's been healthy all year. Cook and Adams, both, this one's going to be hard to say. It's going to be play out to see how the rest of the season goes. So I'm going to go with the Packer fan and me at heart, and I'm going to go with Devontae Adams going to continue putting on the show and making Cook look like a fool simply because I don't think Cook's going to end up on a team that advances into the playoffs, uh, and I do believe Devontae Adams is. Yeah, for me, I mean, when I pick the MVP, I want to pick a guy who's on a winning team. Offensive player of the year is traditionally a guy who's in the MVP candidate or is an MVP candidate but just isn't able to take that next step. When I look at the offensive player of the year, I could I could care less as to whether he's on a 0 and 16 team or on a 16 and 0 team. Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster. Uh, teams are scheming to stop him much like they are Adams, uh, but the difference being that Adams is playing with arguably the best quarterback of the last 15 years in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers and and teams are stacking the box to stop Delvin Cook back-to-back 200-yard games it's it's he he's in a league of his own right now uh this year when it comes to the running back position he is the Minnesota Vikings
So, two for Dalvin Cook. All right, how about Defensive Player of the Year? This one was a harder call for me. Uh, I had it down to two. I mean, I had it down to three, but I'm looking at it now and going to uh, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, and I think I'm going to have to give it to Miles Garrett. You know, I mean, the guy's just been an absolute beast out of Ohio. I mean, you know me, I'm not one for giving Ohio much anything. It's it's So far, they've had LeBron James, and I think LeBron James has gone back there a couple of times, and maybe LeBron James played some basketball there at one point. Wow, this is crazy, man. I'm agreeing with Chris this many times. Wow. My, Things I, are I, getting rough in the outside world. COVID is finally <laughs> affecting your brain. But I think this is the People point that we were trying to. I think this is the point that we were trying to make even last week with talking about how how the potential uh, ability that the Cleveland Browns have with, with players such as Miles Garrett and what they can do defensively. Um, and, and, you know, Miles Garrett has been a, a, a wilderbeast oh. on defense and. Uh, right. It's been unstoppable, Wake you man. up in your nightmares. They, they, they plan for the water boy. And it's nothing you can do still. So seeing, seeing as you two guys agreed, uh, and Chris, there was another name you threw out there in the conversation with Miles Garrett. Uh, you, you guys both mentioned my number three and my number two as I was whittling this down. And so, Chris, as you were the lone ranger on the offense, I am the lone ranger with the defensive player of the year. And sounds like you guys all watched that Saints Bucks game Sunday night. I went with uh, I went with Devin White from the Buccaneers. Uh, I mean that dude is an absolute machine. Uh, not only is he a tackler, but he's a blitzer. He's got five sacks. He's he's amongst the tops in tackles, fumble recoveries, forced fumbles. Uh, he he is what probably the closest thing I've seen to a complete linebacker. Uh, not named Ray Lewis uh, in the last, I don't know how many years. I mean, this dude is is unbelievable. All right, gentlemen, let's hit it and quit it with the last couple of two before we go to You Don't Want the Smoke. We'll wrap this thing up here. Rookie of the Year. I'm just going to get straight to you, Biden. Uh I have two on my list. Both of them I've had in fantasy football. Both are doing pretty well. I'm going to go, though, with Justin Herbert. Rookie of the Year, man. He wasn't expected to have to play this early. They weren't expected him to have to go out there and lead this team. They've had a bit of an up-and-down season, but certainly it's not because he's not going out there and getting the job done. Richie, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so Rookie of the Year, they'll traditionally do an offense and a defense. Um, I would like to say that Jalen Johnson will get it from the Bears. That's my homer pick of all the awards. I'm going to make one homer pick. Um, offensively, it, it was tough because I got it down to three names. But I think when we look at the end of the day, uh, I have a hard time betting against Justin Herbert. I think Herbert's going to – his numbers are just as good as Burrow's in less games. Yeah, they're actually better in, in some, some references because he has more touchdowns and the same amount of interceptions. Um, in, in less games, but yeah, um, I kind of want to go against someone, di- say someone different because I wanted to say that, but I refuse to say it because both of you guys just said just now. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with um, Robinson out there. I know you had alluded to that, uh, Chris. It, I mean, excuse me, uh, Richie, when, when you talked about you know, just kind of giving kudos for him being undrafted and being out there and doing the things that he's doing. Um, I think that he has the potential to, to just 
the, the story behind him and, and the potential that he has um, can, can really just be off the roof. I don't, I don't know if Justin can kind of keep this up. I mean, no one would have thought that Justin would have been doing this, even let alone even starting this year. Everyone just had Tyrod, and shout out to Tyrod yeah. for for actually getting some clock this time. And it was good to see him back on the field. But yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go go with someone different, man, and uh, let you guys have have Justin, and I'll take Robinson out there. Yeah, I mean, he is the Jaguars right now. Yeah. Uh, to wrap it up, and before we move on to the you don't want this smoke player of the game, man. Coach of the year. I mean, is there is there going to be? Uh, is it? I mean, come on, Mike Tomlin, right? He's nine and zero. You got somebody with a better record. Who else is getting it done? Richie, you got a no, you got the question I mean, lock on your face. Say it, man. I want to hear. I, you know what, folks? I, I think, We're going to extend this just a few more minutes because exactly I want to hear right. this. How do you think? I'm interested. Mike Tomlin. Here, here's 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 my argument, and here, look, this is just. Kind of the reality of things. Oh, the reality. Pit, Pit, Pittsburgh is undefeated. Do I think they'll go 16-0? and 0? No. If they do, then yes, there is no other option than Mike Tomlin. But there is going to be an argument made for Brian Flores. Because as we talk about Miami, Miami's got five wins. And and yes, Pittsburgh is eight and zero. You know, but Richie, I'm just, I'm, there is going to be an argument because people expected Pittsburgh to be good. Very people true. expect Pittsburgh to be in the playoffs. Nobody expected Miami to be a wild card team. But but I think with that being said, like that's kind of uh, still kind of the reason too to to pick that's, Mike Tomlin because. And, and, this is the first and, and, and time they're even eight and zero. Not, not. I, I, I agree. agree. Not, and and that, that, this, this is this is my my argument always on coach of the year. When Bill Belichick wins coach of the year, I, I'm going that that's ridiculous. That's dumb. They I, I expect that. To me, you shouldn't win an award based on your expect. You should exceed your expectation. So the guy who wins MVP gets it because he's exceeded. I mean, Everything what do you? Else. How do you want Bill Belichick to exceed being Bill Belichick, though? I mean, no, you want I'm him to cure expect, cancer on no, top of one of his? I would love for Bill Belichick <laughs> to improve his interpersonal skills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we are. No, but I'm saying hey, when, about when today. The, this week we have Patriots, Bill Belichick on. When the Patriots go twelve and four, I say, okay, that's normal. So what I'm saying is, is is if if there's if there's another like we'll we'll go last year. I don't know who won it last year, but the Patriots did what the Patriots are supposed to do. And so as a voter, I no, would have voted the Patriots for are mediocre this year, and I don't have to spend all this time talking about them. All right, what I do what I do want to talk about is how I'm going to use this exact same argument when you have your when you have your nearly undefeated fantasy football season, but lose to me in the playoffs, Richie. So remember that when you're handing out the coach of the he's year awards in fantasy, fantasy football. like Cora, he's cheating. Yeah. Hey, no. All I'm saying is this. <laughs> hey, I've clinched a spot. Chris, you got to get there. Ooh, oh, please. I'm in second, second place. place. I'm and I'm just glad you. he didn't say all my right. name because I'm behind Chris, but okay. Marquillo, you want to know what though? Marquillo, you ain't come, you ain't, you haven't come for me. 
You haven't taken shots at me. You're, I have, you know, but Chris I is over here. <laughs> I'm about to say, just because you don't understand that Richie doesn't mean they weren't given. All right, folks. With that, though, <laughs> that's the you don't want that smoke play player of the game. And Richie, I'm going to let you lead off, brother. Let's hear it. Who do you have for the you don't want that smoke play player of the game? Yeah, I. so mine is not actually a player, but it's a, it's a group of players. And they actually picked up what I would call a midget in the NFL and assaulted him. Yes, I said the word assaulted. Uh, and the and word my, midget. Both are pretty offensive. And the word right? midget. Dude, come on. My award is going to the Buffalo Bills defense because they absolutely flipped that game upside down and they manhandled the Seahawks. Yeah, there's no joke there. And I'm going to kind of follow in step there because I, I went with Josh Allen. 415 yards, three touchdowns. I... It's a Bills week, man. Congratulations, Bills. You did something I never yeah. thought I'd do. They're circling Get the wagons. Get two of us to go right. Get two of us to believe you've got a chance at winning. And I think Markilio's in that same boat. Markilio, you don't want this smoke. Who's your? I, I'm sorry, folks. You don't want this smoke with Josh Allen, man. You don't or want the that Bills smoke. D- hey, uh, no, Chris. You, <laughs> look, let's just put it this way. The whole Bills organization sent out a worldwide national service announcement that said, you don't want, you don't this, want smoke this smoke this week. I'm about to say, no joke. They're letting people know. And I and f- for my player, um, we haven't gotten to it yet, and we're going to get to it. But I had to go to college football, man. I had to go down in Hurricaneville, uh, Miami. Man, I don't know. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but Miami versus NC State and just the the job that De'Aaron King put on, man, was unreal. My man had, was 31 for 41, 430 yards of passing, 15 carries for 105 rushing yards. Amazing. Put on a clinic. I have an opportunity to watch that game, and we'll talk about that a little later. But yeah, De'Aaron King, man. The way he balled out, you don't want that smoke. No joke. No joke, folks. Folks, for those of you that don't know, we're in an effort to try to make this more a little more listenable to everybody. We're trying to break all of our episodes up into segments, so our next one is actually going to cover our college football there. Make sure to come back and listen to that episode. Before we go, folks, I want to remind you once again that the ES3N crew is having its first ever Instagram giveaway. We're giving away a Robin Yount 1975 Tops rookie card. There is no purchase necessary for that. All you have to do is go over, follow us on Instagram, tag five people in our giveaway posts. You can't miss it. And go ahead and get yourself entered to win that Robin Yount rookie card. Tell your friends. Let us know, folks. We'll see you in the next one. From the ES3Ed crew, have a great night.